What's up, Nana Nation and lovers of your Toronto Maple please. This is Anthony Mel Heffy recording live and direct from the Billy Shears Podcast Studio, still in lovely Milton, Ontario. I'm joined by a very quiet Kyle Schulman on this intro. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. Good to hear. <laughs> He's good. Uh, this episode is with Bob Walker. This is recorded on Sunday before the unfortunate loss in overtime to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, but right after the big win against the Carolina Hurricanes. Anyways, with that being said, this is Bob Walker, Anthony Hefe. We know the most. Listen to us. Bye. Is she okay? Is she like, uh, is she okay with the season with everything that happened with the Blue Jays and everything? And the Jays oh, kind of being a little are you kidding me? She's positive as always. Did those Vladdy comments about wanting to kill the Yankees? Oh yeah. Put her over the moon again. She's already back in next year of the year. <laughs> you know, but, uh, All right, let's get into it. Right. What's up, 99 Nation and lovers of your Toronto Maple Leafs? I'm Anthony Alhefe, recording with one of my favorite people, Mr. Ball Walker. What's up, baby? What's up, buddy? Back, glorious audio video. Ooh. Got a new laptop. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, let's get all the cracks out because uh this episode is very different than when we had it planned uh, a couple weeks ago or like a week ago when we were going to start it up because mm-hmm. these last two games and we'll get into it. These were very important games. And you know what? Ba's going to be somewhat positive today. I'll have let's do it. I like, I like positive Ba. Let's get into it, baby. Oh, Just here we go. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm pouring a shot of tequila. I started this last year and the Mexican God, AKA hockey Zorro, Austin Matthews lit the league up. So why not? Here we go. Yeah, little tequila. It, remember folks, he says it started last year, but this is a lifetime of degeneracy. <laughs> this is <laughs> Drink for El Papi. Yeah, there you go. A man. Let's man. go. Let's go. Woo. All right. Bob, we, we really didn't do the listeners of this podcast. This is our seventh season doing leaf edition. I can't mm-hmm. believe it. That sounds insane to say, Ooh, that chest is on fire already. That's the start. Uh, That's all you know. Yeah. Uh, gotta just crack a white claw to wash it down. <laughs> oh yeah. White claw. What is with all my podcasts <laughs> drinking white claws? Oh, you did this, the lick thing. I had to, it was dripping down. I didn't want it to get oh. into my hands. No, you let you know that bro on the internet who like pops yeah, a bottle and then, and then he gives it a fucking like, yeah. I want to do it, but I'm also petrified. Oh, that's weird. so, Ba. Let's get into it because we we didn't again our seventh season doing this, and we didn't do a preseason, which is okay because we were kind of distracted by the Blue Jays in life. You all know if you're listening to this podcast, you already know who the Leafs signed. You already know all that stuff. We're just going to comment on all those things, give you our opinion on it. And you know what? We know because we've been down that rabbit hole. We've been six feet deep and crawling our way up to ground level for a long time with this team. Let's get yeah. into it. Bah. How do you feel about the first 10 games of the season so far? Okay. So I think this record is up to date. We're seven, four and two now, right? Mm-hmm. Or is it now eight, four and two with the Carolina? Seven. seven, four. And, yeah. Seven, four and two. Okay. So like I alluded to earlier with you, this was going to be a very different podcast folks before this Boston Carolina games, because I was not flying high with this leaf team as I am with my Eagles currently in Philadelphia. Let's go. Um, you know what? I kind of had this feeling that we were going to beat the flyers. Because- oh, I thought you were going to say how excited you were. Houston roughnecks are coming back. Oh yeah. You are random XFL chat. Is that for sure? Coming back. What? 
Yeah. It's for sure. Dude, it's going to be in like a, wait, what week is it in the NFL? Eight, nine. Okay. So just so you folks know, there's no sport that we won't fantasize and gamble on. XFL being the next venture for this crew. That's just how we roll. Yes. But getting back to the Leafs, I kind of knew they were going to beat Philadelphia. I, I don't know. We always, it seems when I'm watching them, we just have a good time against Philly. And uh, these two games, well, the three games, including Vegas coming up next, they're massive. And you know what? We've already rolled off two wins, one against Boston. That's always going to put me in a big, big positive mood, fired up about that. And then the Carolina game, which is just over um, a little bit of a rougher game. And they weren't looking great at the start, but they actually pulled it out. And some big contributions from someone I'm going to mention later, Mr. JT, hometown hero. But yeah, I'm I'm a lot more positive, a lot more happy after these two games and I guess all the people in Leafland saying, calm down, calm down. It's the same start as last year. Oh, maybe, but I'm not, uh, not there yet. I have to agree with you just to go back. The month of October has been, and will always be shit for Toronto. Uh, ever oh, since they had that incredible start in 94, where they went, I think they won their first 12 or 15 games or something like that. October has always been hard on the Leafs. That Western road swing, which is a fun word to say, kind of, kind of weird. Start off really good with that win in Winnipeg. Anytime you can beat the Jets oh, yeah. on hockey night and, and not even beat them, but own them is a double win in my books. Uh, but then that kind of was like the end of it. Cause that Vegas game was shit plus Kessel. So whatever, then you have the loss in overtime to San Jose and Carl Erickson, forgetting what year it is. Erickson, Eric Carlson, Erickson. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was trying to talk about. Jeez, oh my God. <laughs> Erickson. Oh, <Erickson. laughs> Fuck. Oh guys, I'm already gone. I'm already fucking gone. Yeah, so, I, I'll be honest with you. I haven't drank. <laughs> Fuck. Mm. And LA, I don't know what's going on with LA. They just outworked the Leafs in a sense that I haven't seen. They just smashed them. They outworked them in every possible way. Then that was kind of the the snowball effect of everybody shooting the Leafs that they're not strong enough, they're not tough enough. And that changed when my new hero, and I'm coining the phrase tonight, Ba, Zio Geo. That's right. Uncle Gio, the man, the myth, the legend, the blue steel eye, mythical creature himself. If the game was not that future flashed that around, he came flying like fucking Superman and squashed it. It wasn't the win. It was Gio gliding through the air like Bobby or Superman hybrid and smashing through wherever that fucking the Philadelphia Flyers jersey was. It was beautiful. Turning point of the season for so far. Let's go. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The Italian connection is flowing strong between the two of you. <laughs> He's just crushing the white claw. But yeah, I, I completely agree with you. It was Konecki who he dummied. And, and for everybody saying, oh, Matthew should have gone after him himself. Konecki dropped his gloves before Matthews agreed to anything. So fucking right that Geo jumped in like that. It definitely was the TSN turning point of the season so far in this early season. Like I said, I'm not completely sold because this team, it you can't just turn it around with a couple of games like that. This has been years and years of soft play. I'm liking what I'm seeing the last few games. But like I said, this podcast was going to be different because you lose to Anaheim, which is pretty much the worst stat team 
in the entire NHL, these young guys who are just losing everywhere. They beat us. San Jose in overtime, L.A. Uh, yeah, it was just a snowball effect, like you said. I kind of knew, like, Philly, we were going to beat them, but then it was after that. We have these three games coming up, and you know what? It's just when it rains, it pours right now because we'll get into it a bit more, the goalie problems and all that and, and muzzin. Um it's a tough sled. So hopefully, you know, the Leafs can kind of face this adversity and keep being positive and keep on the winning streak. And we come out of it better for it. Yeah. It got a little bit hairy there when you had the, the uh, game against Montreal and then the game against Arizona. And then you had time to kind of sit on it. And then you get fucking kicked in the dick by an eye. It was, it seems like the, older adage when it came to the Leafs, which they play to their opponent when they're playing a team like Washington, which I think we all expect to do well, but is doing shit right now. They beat um, the Washington, they beat Winnipeg, they're beating big teams, and then they end up getting kicked in the dick by all these low-grade teams. It's kind of like, I don't know, I feel like it's par for the course with this team, and I would say that you would you'd be almost correct by saying they were kind of getting pushed around by a lot of teams, but I've noticed in the last couple of games, and I think it stems from the Philly game where they're not taking that shit anymore. They're fighting back and they're, and, and I see it. I see it at the end of whistle blow, the whistle blows uh, on a dead player or whatever. And there's all that smucking around. The Leafs would get schmucked and then skate off. Now they're throwing, they're throwing um, pushes back, whatever slashes they're, they're pushing guys off of them. They're not, they're not playing it cool like they were before, which I believe was part of the game plan where they're thinking to themselves, Hey, if we get pushed, just skate off. Don't let it, don't don't let it come off. Like it's bothering you. We all saw like they won't stick it up for themselves and whatever the case was, was, but I see them now pushing back because the cat's out of the bag. You can push the least around and that's going to lead into my dud. When we get to the duds, I'm just going to leave it at that. You guys know if you guys watch team as close as we do. Yeah, there's nothing more frustrating than seeing a Leaf get knocked on his ass and there's a bunch of Leafs just standing around not grabbing anybody or doing anything. And it's just like, oh, are you okay, buddy? Get on up. Let's skate off. End of our shift. So I'm glad yeah, you're right this, that they're fighting back. This ain't bullshit Timbit hockey, man. Like th- this year, is this season is going to be big for the Leafs in one way or the other because if they do the leafy leaf thing where they end up getting knocked out of the first round or miss a playoff by a point or some bullshit like that it's going to be a big season like Kyle Dubas doesn't have a contract after this season yep. so I'm sure honestly I, I honestly believe that the Leafs will sign him up again and do whatever he thinks is best because I think for the most part since he's been here the Leafs have been an incredible regular season team Whatever happens in the playoffs, we all kind of know that song and dance. So, so I think this is going to be a big season, regardless for the for the outcome on the ice. I mean, the outcome on the ice will dictate what happens in the off season as well. But what I guess what I'm trying to say is, we got a lot riding in the season more than just what uh, the wins and losses that happen. Yeah, and I don't know for some some feeling. I think that Dubis and Matthew are kind of tied to the city. Like I feel if Dubis is gone, there's a good chance that that could push Matthews out towards LA or wherever he wanted to go. I hope not. But at this point it's for me, it's hard to really put a lot of blame on Dubis because with COVID the bullshit cap we've talked about for years on this. And then, I mean, really 
he's helped the team. He's done what he's supposed to do. He started off in his first like two years not believing in toughness. He thought uh, skill was just going to beat everybody. He evolved from that. He brings in a bunch of tough guys. He brings in uh, we need someone with grit for the playoffs. Brings in Nick Felino. I mean, he brings in defensive depth. Gets Muzzin. We need goaltending. Brings in Jack Campbell. There's a lot of things. Yes, signing our superstars has been a hindrance to us and it is kind of the black stain and we all are pissed off about their contracts, but really what can you do about that? It's kind of live and learn. We had a new GM. It's, I don't even want to get into that stuff because it doesn't even matter now because we're about to give the bag to Matthews even more money. So yeah, if it's not, if if it's not us, it's somebody else. Like if if anyone thinks that Matthews is going to take a home down hometown discount to no, go to no. either Phoenix or uh, Los Angeles is crazy. Everybody's going to offer it's him and McDavid. Are, I think they're up within like a year or two of each other. Matthews and McDavid will get whatever that 13% of the salary cap is, which is what you're going to give your elite players. 13% of your salary cap generally goes to your best players. If that's the case, then if it's whatever, 80, 86 million, then it's going to be 15 million a season or 16, whatever the fuck it is, whatever that math equation is, that's what they're going to get. So it's either us or somebody else, but any, anybody's going to give him max money, short-term deal. That's what he's going to want to take. And that's going to be the new trend in the NHL. Give me max money for three years or whatever to four years. And we'll see what happens. Yeah. Matthews is definitely going to be getting uh 15 possibly 16 from teams. If Toronto fans, if you think he's going to be giving us a hometown discount, it's going to be still like 14, five. He's still going to be the highest played paid player yes, in the NHL. That's about the type of discount you're looking at. We are still going to pay through the roof and deservedly. So, but these guys have got to start performing these last few games, solid, solid, uh, uptick. And what I want to see from this team, and like I said, we've been through the ringer a bit with injuries and some shit play. So it's nice to see this. Yeah. Let, let, let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, who's kind of surprising you so far in this season? I mean, I, I can, I can start off if you want, but uh, I, you know, who, who's really kind of wowed ball Walker so far? Well, I mean, this is pretty much spoiler alert for buds and duds in a way. <clears throat> well, okay. So before he went down, Samsonov quick shout out to this guy because he was giving us consistent, solid goaltending. That's all this team needs from a goaltender. So kudos to him. Apparently Murray is somewhat close to coming back. We'll see how that pans out. And, and Shalgren, uh in these few games has stepped up to the plate, but Samsonov steady goaltending. Love to see that JT and I'll praise him later on, but this guy, he looks five years younger. Like he coming off that dangerous, scary injury against Montreal, the off season of pretty much just healing yourself and your brain and making sure there are no long-term effects. And what are you going to do for your future? You just had a, a kid um, to now having a proper off season and, and all the training and the time it takes to heal. I mean, he looks fucking great. I will swear while I say it, I'm fired up every J- time JT yeah. is on the ice. And that line for the last few games, they are firing. They are shooting. I love it. So shout out to the hometown kid, JT. What about you? I I, I love JT as well, and I don't want to spoil too much for the studs and duns later. But what really has kind of surprised me in this game is that exactly what you said. He looks five years younger. He looks 
He looks like he's on a mission this year. And I don't think this guy wants to score 30 goals. I don't even think this guy wants to score 40 goals. I think this guy's going to push for 45 to 50 goals like he did a couple of seasons ago. If he stays healthy, then this guy can this guy can make it happen. I think he's going to push Matthews. Maybe take some pressure off of Matthews, Matthews to score all the time. But, yeah. I mean, and, and that's what John Tavares does. He's, not, he's done his whole career. But what I'm really saying is he came into this season looking amazing. I'm very happy that he's looking great. He doesn't look, you know, all the talk was, Oh, he's a year older, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But he's playing like five years ago. So this is a a huge win for the, for the team. I I'm really surprised and happy, happily surprised that JTO is on fire. Uh, Good for him. And we'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about him later as well. Um, I know it's only one game or maybe two games, but whatever Lilligren, I've been really happy to see what he's added, the depth he's added. So I'm very happy. I didn't think it'd be that much of an impression. Uh, and then I got Samson off as well, or Samson off as you're calling him on the broadcast tonight. I don't know if we, something I lost in, in, in the introduction or the rollout, but I thought Samson off has been playing basically steady goaltending. Like he hasn't been uh, sensational, but he's not a Jack Campbell last November, but he has been really steady and that's all they need. They just need some steady goaltending. I was really disappointed to see Matt Murray go down after the first game of the season, mm. but I just, I've been happy with the consistency. I, I really have an issue with the uh, living, letting the first goal in um, that really hasn't been fun, but outside of that, I'm really impressed with the sense going off this year. That's classic Leafs, man. That's classic Leafs. Letting Fucking the first goal in and, and coming back and we play our best, game when we're behind that that's a couple years ago when we had ron haynes in them <laughs> okay um we we talked about it but do you want to touch at all about the goalie situation uh, other than it being a, a total bag of shit would they just signed uh what's that guy's name um petrozelli yeah 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 we're gonna do some definite italian gestures fuck just- it <laughs> z-o-g-o to the rescue baby yeah, listen, I, I've been preaching for years. I love goaltending, and I've wanted young goaltenders who prove themselves to come through this organization. It has been a long time. Um, Shalgren's been uh, steady in the last few games, and when he came in last year, he was a solid presence and kind of made a good young uh, 1B2 backup. Uh, Samsonov, if he gets healthy again, not quite sure on his status. And like I said, Murray's going to come back. But pretty much three goaltenders down, and then... This Leaf team, like fans, I don't, I don't know what you think we're going to be getting. I know with Muzzin injured, LTIR, we've got some cap space, but it's like, who are we going to go out and get? James Reiner, Reimer, like, there's not really. You're going to get a, a Staylock type guy. There's, we're not going to be getting Gibson. We're not going to be getting any of these top goaltenders. So it's pretty much we're going to have to try and ride it out with these young goaltenders. Maybe pick up Leaf legend Michael Hutchinson again possibly see him in the blue and white for a little bit. And I mean, yeah, we're, we're gonna have to honestly, but Bob, what would you rather see? Would you rather see like the return of, of Michael Hutchinson for the third time or what would give Petrozelli a, a swing at it? Like, I can't imagine this guy is like, he's the Marley's what? Like third string, right? I don't even think he's their second string. Hey, the Marley's have been lighting it up. Actually. They're playing really Hallie? well. Yeah. That's this kid's know. been playing well. And yeah, he's, he's a tall, he's a, lanky guy but he's a big goaltender i'm actually excited to see what he can do oh not, my god i'm so glad you brought that up yeah. why why okay so I, I was i was just looking at some stuff just to kind of see and uh, I, I was looking at some of the 
like the, the, uh, the least roster. And I was just looking at like size because it's going to come into one of my uh, studs for the, for the season and, and his size, but Samsonov six, three Keith, uh, Petrozella, Petrozelli six, six, Matt Murray, six, five, uh, Eric Chagrin six, three, Dude, these are fucking giants in the net. The oh, the tallest guys on the team outside of Peter that aren't named Peter Engvall are the goalies. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Six six. This guy and he's been playing well. Like, let's see what he can do. And to answer your kind of previous question about Hutchinson and that hypothetical situation, no, I don't want Hutchinson back. Okay, man. I'm glad you still have a job in the NHL and you're a journeyman, just like a backup QB. But let the young guns. Let somebody else come in and play. I, I'm not saying I want the Leafs squad and trade for like a Stolarz or a Varlamov or anything right now. If if the injuries aren't as bad and long term as they sound, then we're going to have to ride it out. So give this guy a chance to play. Like we just signed him to an NHL contract. He's either going to work out for us, and I think we can send Shalgren down. Pretty sure. And then what? This guy's pretty sure. Yeah. So uh, the Leafs need you know those those stories of the kids coming from nowhere and kind of lighting it up and giving us a run a la Bennington, you know, he had, oh, no, he was a bit listen. of a more no name. I, I know that's kind of a, a bad comparison. No, I just, I just heard this great story for on 32 thoughts and they were talking about the rise. I, I can't remember his name, Thomas uh, Thompson in uh, Vegas. Oh yeah. Logan. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Is it Logan Thomas or Logan Thompson? Logan Thompson. Yeah. Thompson. Okay. Yeah. They're talking about how he was like basically a while, like didn't never got drafted, played at Brock. U, then signed an e- ECHL deal and then went to the AHL and the guy, like guys really come on. Like, he just signed a three-year contract with Vegas in the off season, 750 K the next three seasons. And he's giving, he's currently the best goaltender in the NHL. So you're getting a one plus goaltending for 750 K on a team that is so strapped, so cap strapped. Isn't but yo, isn't that so vague? It's just betting house money going yeah. all in, not giving a fuck. And then you end up winning and getting this stud goaltender out of nowhere. Like that. Yeah. Everybody was waiting for the Vegas demise being like, Oh, you can't go to the cup first year and build like this, man. You're, you can't do it. And it's like, no, they probably might. Yeah. And they're going to, yeah. They seem like if there's anything that's going to do it, I mean, the, I can't remember the owner that, yeah, you, and it's so weird. Like, it's so weird how they're able to do it. Like, oh, uh, we're going to take a fucking flyer on Jack Campbell doing this fucking, not sorry, sorry, Jack Eichel doing this neck surgery. That's and uh, <laughs> yeah, fuck, dude. I, I, I'm feeling toasty already. I took like a half hit before I started this thing, and now I'm fucking feeling warm and toasty. <laughs> But anyways, Vegas, you know, whatever, this ain't a big fucking Vegas podcast, but taking a flyer on Eichel and now Eichel's man on mission. Eichel might, I have a feeling Michael, uh, fucking Eichel might be fine. Wow, dude, I might need to quit this podcast. (laughs) I think Eichel might win MVP this season. Like he's playing that good. He's playing on a fucking, he's fucking playing on a mission. Maybe not MVP, but man, it was, it all depends on what Vegas does, but Eichel is on a mission this year to get everybody to suck his dick. <laughs> is that the mission? I I did not have them as a top three team this part in the season with all their problems, concerns, goaltending being the biggest one and Laner being out, Flower gone years ago. So 
Yeah. I mean, maybe who knows? I mean, Batman loves the South and the NHL. So that could be, I, I think it's going to be whoever puts up the most points in that small ASU coyotes arena. That'll be the end. Yeah. Mullet arena. You mean mullet arena? It's, mullet uh, arena. you know, you know, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's not even like it's a one year. We'll fix it in a year. It's like a three year project. It's crazy. Let's not talk about that. Just, I don't want to talk about yeah. that. <laughs> All right. So with the goalie situation as it is, the Leafs put Nicholas Albe Kumbel on waivers, gets claimed by the Kumbel, the Caps. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to feel about this. I mean, I like the signing initially. Everybody in Toronto media sold me on it that he's going to be a great bottom six guy. And then it just kind of looked invisible all the time. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I was very positive. I mean, when you can bring up a what recent Stanley cup winner into your organization, something we're sorely lacking that winning mentality and pedigree. And this team, like we said, multiple years now, your bottom six is just rotational at best. It's just a revolving door where guys are going to come in on a bargain. They're either going to outplay the contract, make money elsewhere where people can pay them or they're not, and they're going to be cut, and they'll be gone, and they'll probably go to Vancouver or someone else who picks up our scraps. But you know what? Edmonton or Vancouver, like, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, I've, I've had a real issue with Angval. That guy does, like, nothing on the ice, and there's some frustrations I've had with our third and fourth line, so I thought him coming in would be positive. But you're right, invisible. And, yeah, Washington picked him up, and he might be good for them, but, I mean, really, no love lost right now. He didn't, he didn't hook into us. He's no Spezza, no Geo, like... I don't know what to tell you. Okay, but I want to do a prediction, but I think I want to do the predictions after we do studs and duds. You ready to get into this? Yep. Yep. All right, where do you want to start? Negative or positive? You said you wanted to keep it positive. Maybe we just start. Excuse me. Jesus Christ. Maybe we just start with the... uh, The duds. The buds. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm struggling. I know you are struggling. So translation, folks, we're going to be starting with the bud, starting positive. Do I take your main man? Do I just scoop him out from under you because you have me going? You first? feel feel what do what you got to do. No, I'm not going to do that. I've already brought him up, so I'm going to start easy. And he deserves double praise right now. It's JT John Tavares. This guy's wearing the C. I'm telling you right now, I'm actually thinking about buying this reverse retro jersey. I haven't bought a jersey since the centennial. Yeah, same. And just pretty much because. I want a JT jersey. I want a Leaf jersey with the C on it again. And 14 points, okay? Seven goals, seven assists. He's leading the charge. I mean, this guy out there, that had one goal against Philly. You know the one I'm talking about. He dangles through the oh, corner, my the goodness. Middle, goes around the goalie far side, then puts it Gets in his own rebound, yeah. I mean, like I said, this guy's looking young. He's, he's just crazy. He's wearing the C. You know what? He's a quiet leader. He's not going to be that guy who's a snap show in the dressing room and he's going to give that, you know, remember the Titans speech that, that doesn't really seem to be JT. And in the new NHL, it's more leadership by committee. Anyways, if we're all honest with each other, the whole room kind of polices itself with a few tough veterans in, in between. So JT's brought it all positive, And before these last two games, he was still on the buds. So that lets you know how good he's been playing. I have to agree. JTO, AKA Johnny Toronto. He is my boy. He's like a steady leader. He's always going to work hard. Doesn't take nights off. All those other fucking cliches. 
I am just been so happy that this so far this season has been a little bit of a career renaissance for him. He's looked sharp. He's looked fast. He's getting goals. He's getting goals at a time right now when the Leafs aren't getting goals. Yes. And that is huge. So uh, JTO, bud, for sure. Let's keep moving. What else you got, baby? Or do you want me to go? You go. You go. We'll go back and forth. All right. I already mentioned him. Everybody's favorite Italian uncle, Zio Gio. That's right. 55 in your programs. Number one in your heart. Oh, I got to tell you. Okay. All, all the shit talking is he looks fucking slow. And you're right. He does look fucking slow. But he moves when he has to move. And he sacrifices a body when he has to sacrifice a body. I think it was a game against Boston diving across the goalie crease head first, stopping a puck, shooing a puck away, doing what has to get done, leading by example. I love my uncle Gio. What can I say? Zio Gio forever, baby. Let's go. Yeah, 100% agree with you, bud. Zio Gio. Uh, yeah, TSN turning point already when he dove on Konecki. And yes, the speed isn't there, but you're right. He gets into the corners. He's great on the point, uh, moving it around. I believe beforehand that he needed to be put with a young, like speedy offensive guy anyways, to kind of cover for that speed. He's going to be fine. He brings those intangibles. What can you not like? And I'm going to crown him since you crowned him. He's the new Leaf Spezza. He's that new vet who has taken our heart. He understands the mentality that you need in this city. And that is why he is quickly becoming a fan favorite. You just, you get it. Like, it's just that guy that's walking down the street and you both just do the quick nod and you walk off and you never see him again. But, you know, that's Gio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Zero Gio. Let's go, baby. All right. Who do you have as your third bud? Uh, this is going to be a little out of left field, but I'm just going to give him a little praise from all the shit he's getting. It's going to be Marner right now. And here's why. He's put up the 11 points. He's progressing. He hasn't been as good. Him and Matthews, they definitely need to produce better. I know everybody was losing their mind when he took the stick, went into the hallway, snapped it, freaked out, lost his shit. I want that. I want that more. If, if our issue with Marner is that he cares too much, I'll take it right now because I'll tell you what would have pissed me off in that situation. I'll have to, after talking to my brother and I completely agreed with him. If after all of that, Marner just looked dead, lifeless on the bench, just staring into the void like a soldier, just no emotion at all, just didn't care, took his money, was like, whatever, man, I'm out of here. Oh, I'd, I'd be so rattled. I'd be so rattled. So you know what? Yeah, he's been off to a somewhat slow start, and that slow start is 11 points. But if this is him showing emotion and it's going to hopefully turn into positive results, then I'm going to put him in the bud category. The asterisk beside that, is that it cannot be a continuous, continuous mentality. At some point, you have to mature. You can't be a snap show and get that reputation. So while I'm not necessarily condoning it and saying, yeah, he's got to turn into like a Matthew Kachuk piece of shit type player and be a snap show, not at all. But when the Leafs have been shit at the start season and everybody's depressed because the expectations are so high, but at the same time, everybody's just kind of stopped caring because we all kind of know where we are in the universe – I want him to show emotion. Kudos to you, Marner. You get a bud this month. I like it. And I definitely think that Marnie's coming around. Um, I think, I think it's only a matter of time. It looks like the last two games, especially that he's been, I guess, um, looking looser. Like he hasn't, he hasn't kind of been that, 
invisible guy. Actually, I really enjoyed him on the power kill today. It looked like he was really um, in sync with it, with it. And I, you know, I really noticed about Marner's IQ after watching the uh, least beat the hurricanes today, uh, which is his IQ is just, it is plus, plus, plus it is better than some of the best out there. The guy always is in the right spot on the defensive end on the uh, power kill. My power kill. Power kill, that's right. Oh. Go what? What what do you give me a hard time about? Power kill. Pen, pen, the penalty kill. Whatever. <laughs> fuck off. Keep saying power kill, man. You know what kind of state I'm in right now. Uh, yeah, let's go. I'm very passionate and a little buzzy. Okay, so my last <laughs> my last bud is a guy who becomes a dud a lot of the time. And I'm going to give the Swedish meatball his praise because I honestly believe that uh, this year at 26 years old and what is it? Six or seven years in the league. Now you're really going to see the best William Nylander this season. I love the game. He's playing a little physical, just a little bit, which is fine. But man, this guy looks like he's in midseason form. His skating is great. It's crisp. He's bobbing and weaving like a seamstress. I'm so impressed with the way he's been he's been playing. He's been scoring early on in the season when goals weren't coming. He was getting them. I like his game. And I think this season you're gonna see the best William Nylander we've seen. Put money on it. Zio Gio said so. Let's go. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, he's on the best line on the team right now. He's been putting up points. He has 11 points. He's uh, tied for second on the team. And yeah, this guy is definitely going to be chasing that money bag this year because his contract is up. And I'm really hoping he's going to stay with the lease because we all love Snizzy, but I'm not sure. He might get that paper bag somewhere else. But yeah, he is in form. He's getting that man's body, that man's strength. Um, You know, he... He is who he is. Like he is a very gifted, talented offensive player. He's going to be put up points and you want him on your team. There are going to be times where he's not in it in the play and he looks lackadaisical and he doesn't give a shit. And it is so frustrating and he can be a focal point for frustration because of it. But that's just some of those players like uh, line a and a few others. Like they're just so gifted, talented. And it's, I think, you know what? It's not that they don't care but they're just not bothered by it. Like there's a difference and it's hard, it's hard for us to understand it because we're so emotionally invested as fans that we're just like, why are you not like us and fucking bleed for this team? But it's like, he wants to play. He wants to do well for his teammates and he wants to succeed and not be a loser, but it's his job as well. So yeah, total bud right now. He's in good form and keep it going with JT because they're connecting and their board work, getting into the offensive zone and then finding someone at the net. Beautiful. All right, Bob. Do you want to start off? Start off with the negativity. Do you want to get your duds out? Yeah, <laughs> get your duds. Put them on the table, baby. <laughs> Just whipping the dud out. First dud. I feel bad for this dude, man. He gets booed. <laughs> We all know it's Justin Bobby, Justin Hall. Now, yes, there's been a few better plays the last few games, and it really sucked during the Philadelphia game when we were watching. I don't remember if you remember the shift. He lost the puck twice trying to keep it in the offensive zone, and the fans started booing him at home. But I think we were winning or the game was tied. And that was a rough look. And people forget, right before that, he pretty much helped save a goal and had a great defensive play. 
But man, the guy makes so many errors, so many defensive it's, errors. And he's such a big guy to make that many physical defensive errors in the corner. Those like panicky moves or keeping his head down and just firing the puck to nobody. It's like, buddy, I want you to have the sense of urgency, but but not the panic with the fucking puck. Like, I come on, Bobby. Yeah, I, I, I like it. I think it's a good call. He's not on my list, but for sure, Justin Hall has had a couple rough games. It just seems to get magnified in, in the media. I feel your pain. All right. My first dud is um, a fellow Swede to my bud, Mr. Nylander. But I have to put Sandine in as my top dud. Uh, it comes down to, I think it was the LA game where he just got muscled off a puck in the defensive zone and they went in and scored. It might not be the LA. I can maybe, I, I can't remember what game it was, but he got pushed off that gate, that puck. Like when I pushed one of my kids off a ball that were playing, <laughs> trying to try to play keep away, it was embarrassing. And I've seen it a couple times now. And I guess that, that clip made it around the league because I've seen it a couple times where guys are now, especially in open ice, just muscling Sandine off the puck. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I get it. You're a small defenseman. I get it. You don't, you don't have the six foot three or four frame like Justin Hall does, but you have speed and you are strong and you are smart, but I don't see any of those things. All I see is you're getting pushed around because you're trying to play a style of game. That isn't who you are. Now, what I want from Sandine is for him to play, smart, efficient, and somewhat physical, but don't fucking get pushed off the puck like a fucking little kid. You dud number one. Done. Uh, yeah, so I didn't have him on my dud list, but you do bring up some points. So there, and first off, Sandine actually tries to throw some crazy hits and puts himself he in does. positions like that. Yes, like, he does. You're I right. Mean, he's kind of a wild card at times when you watch him. But yeah, he he does definitely get uh, pushed off the puck. He is a small offensive defender. You know, he's the guy that needs kind of a defensive stay at home, big body, like a Muzzin is not really necessarily the right comparison, but he needs someone like that who can complement his skill set. He needs to move the play up into the offensive zone. He needs to make some quick passes. He needs to be one of the defenders either on the power play one or power play two. He doesn't need to be doing any penalty kill time, anything like that. Like he, he needs to know his role and expand on it. So there is work that needs to be done, especially after that kind of contract stall negotiations. And pretty much he's lucky about the injuries. Cause if there weren't the injuries, he was almost going to stay out of the lineup for a while. So that almost wants to keep him in the dud for now, but yeah, he's definitely got to, got to work and yeah, he's got to be careful with some of the hits he throws, but fuck, some of them are great. <laughs> All right. Who else you got in your dud category? I don't know why Angle's on the team. Oh, I knew you were going to get here. Played. He's got 10 games played. I mean, I'm a broken record at this point. Okay. He's a big body. He's not physical. Okay. He's fast. He doesn't score on breakaways. Okay. He doesn't really necessarily get to the puck. He, he gets to the puck into the boards and then he, he throws the softest, like, kind of puck behind him to go to the defender to start a play, but it's such a pathetic fucking pass that their winger can just jump on the board, stop it with the skate and they're breaking out. And guess what? We were in the middle of a line change or something like that. And now I got to see this guy with his neck go forward, turn into a fucking rocket car and start skating. 
it, it's just so frustrating to watch him. You know what, man? Maybe you can be a professional hockey player somewhere else, but I do not think that you're bringing it to this lineup. Like there, there's nobody else better. There's, there's nobody in the world who was born above six foot who can wear skates and put on the blue and white. There's got to be somebody. Like at this point, man, just put the make a wish kid in. Like I, I don't know. I, 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 all right, but listen, like I, I, just like I had Sandine and he wasn't on your list, Engvall was on my list. Yes. He, all truth be told, he definitely started really slow, but I've really liked his last couple of games. And I'll tell you why. Yes. A hundred percent. You, he hasn't been playing nearly as good as he was when he was playing his best hockey last year, but I believe he's warming up. I like a lot of his offensive offensive zone movement and pickup. I, I, I know he picked up a couple of loose pucks in the Boston game, threw them on that hope for the best. That's what you can expect from your third or fourth line center or winger. Um, I do also really like him on the power kill. The penalty kill. Why do I keep saying power <laughs> kill? Yeah. Okay. Fine. There. You're right. The speed is okay for the penalty kill, but it's frustrating. It, it, like the way this team is and with how our top six weren't producing it, like that's the perfect time for the bottom to step up for just a small amount of time. And I was just frustrated by it. Still yeah, there. fair enough. But, but better, but, uh, better. Yeah. All right. My next dud, and maybe rightfully so, maybe we all saw this coming when the news came in the offseason. I don't really want to put him here, but I'm having a hard time picking guys to put into this category. My second dud is the injured, but hopefully coming back soon, Matt Murray. Um, it's just kind of disappointing one game injured. And you know what? I honestly believe this was a plan all along. Play one game. You're not going to feel hundred percent. You get to do a little rehab and then you can come back. Uh, the timing just sucks. And I think his injury, you know, whatever we're in 12, 12 games of the season already, his injury, I think hurts Leafs the most in the sense of, uh, they need a goalie. And even if a backup is the case, they need a goalie and they don't have a goalie because the goalie who they brought into the off season, who was supposed to be the number one is injured. It's a shitty position. And we all saw this coming, but it just sucks when you're here. So I blame Matt Murray. That's what. It, that's a, that's why you would dud. Uh, yeah, tough, tough being the dud category with only one game under you. Out of both goalies, I wasn't too pleased the day of when we signed, but I was more positive about Samsonov to begin with. He was a young Russian goaltender. There's still a lot of hype. Yeah, he had a couple bad years, but the goaltending coach he was doing sick with in Washington left with trots. They brought in a new guy. His numbers went down. I thought, you know, fresh time in Toronto. Let's go. And with Matt Murray, maybe possibly just for a year, maybe two years, a pretty serviceable 1A, 1B, and somebody takes the reins. Yeah, you're going to take a gamble on a guy like Matt Murray with the injury history. He's had a really rough time with his dad passing, all that stuff. You know, he still bleeds blue and white, so I'm going to give him a bit of time. If he gets injured again, that's pretty much it. But if they can just find form... I, I, the goaltending answer with the cap apparently going up and we might get a couple mil next year and it's going to just keep increasing. I don't know if our goaltending answer is within the next two, three years. If it's not one of these guys that breaks out, like maybe Sam Stoneoff becomes a sick guy, but it's going to be one of those things where 
we're going to like draft or trade for a younger guy or something in two, three years. And hopefully Matthews and everybody signed, but these are the cards that we're dealt with. And Murray, like we need you. So yeah, you got to come back a hundred percent. And you know, like the goaltending, it's crazy because at least have a ton of goaltending in like tied up in the minors, but nothing's really NHL ready. And that's what really hurts the most. And yeah, they need to buy a little bit of time and you got to hope that you can sign all these key pieces or keep these key pieces happy while goaltending finally matures. But it got me thinking when I put Matt Murray in here is like Jack Campbell, they made a star. Jack Campbell was not a star before he he played for the Maple Leafs. And Jack Campbell got five by five from Edmonton. And we're already seeing that contract looking like shit. Like Jamie Jack Ben Cam- Hattrick figured out. Fuck. It's and you know what? And I knew I knew Jack Campbell wasn't the answer. But you look at Frederick Anderson, who they just saw, and and Freddie played good today. Uh you see you, you saw him here for five years and then just walk. You saw Campbell here for here, two, two and a half seasons, whatever it was, and then walk. One and a half seasons. I can't really remember exactly what he had the net for. We need something to stick. And I know that Matt Murray was a flyer and, and you, you may or may not get your payout on him, but you needed something from him and you didn't get it or you haven't gotten it yet. And you still have him for like two more seasons. So something has to happen. So I don't, I just find a lot of components in this Matt Murray saga hard to digest right now. And I get it. We all knew that beforehand. It doesn't make it any easier. Bob, who is your next dud? I mean, it was, you know, it's only 10 games in, so you don't want to rip on these guys too much, but pretty much my last one. And cause I've done it before, so I'm going to justify it. It's the lack of scoring depth from the bottom six. I kind of alluded to it with Engvall. no, you know what? I'm, I'm going to change it up. I'm going to change it up actually. Cause I love this guy so much. He, he's like a half dud. I'm actually going captain Mo Morgan Riley. I'm going to put him in the dud category and he has played better, but it was a rough start to the season. That new contract was great. I love that. He signed with us all for it, but there were a lot of battles that he was losing a, a guy whose defensive game is built on speed and awareness. He was, he wasn't really showing those in the first few games. It started to pick up and Brody was kind of shaky at the start too, but he is just so clutched defensively that it's okay. If he kind of takes a break offensively, that's where Mo needs to come in. Our power play wasn't clicking. He's a big component of that. So the only reason kind of he's done. And like I said, it's hard to put him there is that he's such a big contribution to this team when we're winning that when he's not firing on all cylinders, it's, it's very noticeable. Yeah, I, I I like the the call on on um, Rymo, but I, you know what really throws me is a stat that said something like he's been on the ice for all but six goals. Like that's a really tough one. That's a big kick in the dick. Um, there you but go. I, I have a hard time making this guy a dud just because he's no longer on the team. Oh. But Knack, aka Nikolai or Nicholas uh, Kube. Oh, shoot. I already botched it up. Yeah. Abe, Kube, Kubel. Um, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, at six feet and super fast, I get it. Fourth line. I can't expect too much from you. I understand that. But you know what you were doing? And it's insulting to me and all the other members of the Beehive. But because you soaked up that space, you didn't allow the next Maple Leaf 
fan superstar Dennis Malgan to be in the lineup. So, Knack, you gone? Enjoy Washington. Enjoy GM Ovechkin. Because you, my friend, have left a space in the lineup for other. I didn't freeze. His name. <laughs> Nick Robinson or the head of the beehive, AKA Dennis Malgan. Yeah. Uh, tough look to be a dud on your way out. That, that sucks. Hopefully Washington doesn't hear about that and regret the decision. Mm-hmm. Um, Malgan. Yeah. Malgan's looks surprisingly good for who he is. I always remember him as the guy we lost Mason Marchment for. And yeah, Mason Marchment, older guy, one good season overhyped. People can be upset, but I always liked his play for the Marlies to bell. Yeah. I, okay. You know what? You're not a leaf anymore. So you get the full dud. You're the number one. Dud yes. For that simple reason. And, and Nick Robertson way to come up kid. Uh, the Dallas game alone, just with your brother and your parents firing the winner. Everything that that was such a fire up. He's got yeah, and def- defending, defending, yeah. Yeah. The steal was beautiful because it looked like he got smoked on the play. He ends up reaching back, stealing the puck, and then shooting down the other side. That was actually an amazing moment for him, and I hope he really cherishes that because that's a a fantastic – sorry to cut you off, Bob, but that game against Dallas was really a good coming out game for him. He's basically done nothing since then, um, but I hope to see him in the lineup and just getting a little bit more of that NHL experience. Like we really need – like you were saying earlier, we need that homegrown talent – to grow and do something. Um, not that obviously Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews and those guys who the Leafs have already brought up, but that like we need a new wave of those young studs to kind of get going. Yeah, I completely agree. And you know what, just because you said all that asterisk special bud of the month, rookie bud of the month, Nick Robertson, buddy, you yeah. got four points way to go. And future, Hall of Fate, and future Hall of Famer Dennis Malkin, who is looking fantastic. You know what I love about this guy? And I, and I want to tie this off, but I got to get this off my chest because I actually had him as a bud and I totally forgot to write him down. And I then forgot because this whole podcast has struggled. But Malkin has been the creative bottom end guy that the Leafs haven't had in a long, long time. He, when you see him play, you see him kind of jet out of the format that the Leafs kind of play in. And I like that because it creates a lot of chaos. If you play too systematic, which the Leafs tend to do, and then teams figure it out, they adjust on the fly, and then they end up squashing them like Arizona and fucking Montreal and all those other fucking shit teams that aren't going anywhere. They just play disruptors to other teams who are doing really well. The Leafs play a very systematic way. What Malkin does is he he adds a creative element on that bottom six that isn't there because we all know Envil can only skate one direction. He does things, and, I, and this isn't a fair comparison, but he is like Yarmer Yager light in the sense of his left to right movement, his defensive uh, play on the puck, driving the net is very good. And I, and I'm not trying to compare him to Yager. I'm just saying that Yager did it the best or one of the best ways. And the style kind of looks like that. I like Malgan bottom six. He's going to score some important goals for us this year. You heard it here first Leafs edition. First one of the season. Let's go. Oh, let's go. And you know what? I actually agree with you. I kind of like the fire up, you know, for me, it, it, he kind of reminds me of those players like, uh, like Marcia. So like somebody like that, like just these little speed bugs, speed demons, like you're saying they're creative. They disrupt the play. He's the guy that's going to be going as fast as he can at the goalie to try to get around the defenseman, get the shot off, possibly end up in a collision. And he's going to piss people off. 
we need more guys like that, especially in the bottom six. Great call. Let's go. Let's go. I I like him, and I'm I'm calling it now. Like you're gonna see some important goals from him this year. Do you remember? I can't remember. Might have been '97, maybe '98. But Gary Volk scoring an incredible goal that Gary Volk shouldn't have scored, I believe, against the Pittsburgh Penguins, falling down, scooting the puck into the net, winning the game in overtime for the Leafs. Um, mark my words, Malkin will have a goal like that at some point this season. Secret trivia to all the longtime listener fans, one of Mama Walk's all-time fan favorites. Gary Volk? Yes. She loved him. Loved him. I love it. Any hot takes from Mama Walk by chance? I know it's a, we really didn't talk about this, but you got something. Uh, well, besides telling you that she's already back in on the Jays, um, she is loving this team. She does not think that Keith is going to go. He's going to remain the coach for the season and dismissing all the Barry Trotz rumors, because even though my mom isn't the biggest Keith fan, my God, is she loyal? Is she yeah. loyal once you're a part of this organization? I love her for request it. Request a trade and dismiss and disgrace the Leafs. <laughs> you you've got a lifelong passionate cult member in my mind. I love it. I love it. Bob Walker, anything else you want to touch on the Leafs as we leave this episode, the first episode of the 2022-23 season? Yeah, uh, fans, thanks for tuning in with this. Two massive wins. We've got a third coming up against Vegas. We just talked about Logan Thompson. If we can fire this off and go all three, I, the Leafs are in good form. We're going to be getting goaltending back. Be fired up. Besides that, Philadelphia Philadelphia Eagles are buzzing. We're perfect. My Bayern Munich team, they're back. First place, Bundesliga. The World Cup is coming soon, folks. Alfonso Davies is healthy. He's going to play for Team Canada support Canada, watch the games. And then for myself, you can check me out and a mustard that just dropped. We're going to be recording another one soon. And there's so much more coming folks. Bob Walker. Thank you so much for that. And if I may, we had a little bit of technical difficulty earlier when I mentioned it, but you should also be happy that your Houston roughnecks will be back in the XFL. There was some talk of a possible move or a name change, but you'll be happy to know that the Houston roughnecks will be back as well as my St. Louis Battlehawks. The Seattle dragons have now changed your name. They're now the Seattle sea dragons. Way Which better. is way better. Yes. Way yeah. better. Yeah. And um, the Tampa Bay Vipers moved to Vegas. Uh, okay. And there's a couple other shakeups too. The Renegades. Um, I think they're now, there's a San Antonio Renegades or something like that. And that, I think there were Dallas beforehand. Then there's a new team is the San Antonio Brahmas. And uh, the Guardians moved there somewhere else now. I can't really remember. Anyways, XFL news coming soon, baby. We've got eight weeks until the season starts. Let's go. Wait, you yeah, have one more thing? Well, I was just going to say, folks, you're learning so much this episode because I'm going to break another little trivia piece for you. Um, Houston was undefeated and in first place when the league was dissolved. El Jefe, was your team undefeated and in first place? Just yes or no? Yeah, half yes. Okay, so the answer is no. Folks, that's it. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. <laughs> Fuck me, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs>